0: What's going on everybody, and welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chairs, and on today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Jose Enoa. I'm not going to lie, this might be a little different of an episode than you're used to. Jose is one of the most negative wrestling fans I know. He'd probably prefer me to say that he's got some hot takes, but still, I often wonder why he even watches the product. However, our difference of opinions makes for a really good conversation. Jose stops by the show to talk about everything that happened this week in the world of wrestling. Plus, we've got a top 10 list where we count down the worst moments and storylines in wrestling history, and I'm going to throw some rapid-fire questions at him as well. Oh yeah, Jose is also super passionate about The Fiend. Guys, it's time! This is Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Hey guys, it's Friday, and that means it's time for another episode of Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Before we get into it today with Jose, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, First off, I want to start by thanking uh, AJ Martelli for being on last week's episode. Um, He was awesome. The whole episode was uh, so funny, and I've gotten some great feedback on all of his impressions. Uh, If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to episode three. Um, he tells some great stories. We talk a little bit of wrestling, and like I said, he does some amazing impressions of uh, JR, um, Bret Hart, and you know so many others. So if you get a chance, you haven't listened yet, go back and check it out. Um, last week, I mentioned about AEW possibly running a show at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, it bothered me, so I looked it up. Uh, their stadium is actually called TIA Bank Field. There in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I definitely think uh, when the world goes back to normal, uh, they'll definitely run a show there. And it'll have like 70,000 people. And I do think AEW uh, will be able to sell that out. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Also, last week, I talked a little bit about uh, Finn Balor and Undisputed Era. uh, What has been going on on NXT uh, a couple weeks ago. And after thinking about it for a little while, I actually... Don't want to see them team up because I think it would be too similar to what is going on with AEW and uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. Um, so I think uh, maybe have them feud would be a little better, in my opinion. Just so they don't get compared to AEW, or you know, the haters will say that the, the NXT WWE stole the idea from AEW if they team up together. Uh, so yeah, I, I think a feud between them would be good. Uh, Finn Balor's doing some awesome stuff. Uh, he's got so many possibilities, whether it's feuding with Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, even Pete Dunn. Uh, we talked about that a little last week, and all those matches would be phenomenal, and uh, I hope we get to see them. I think it all leads, though, to Finn and uh, Karrion Cross, maybe even at WrestleMania 37. I, I haven't heard that they're doing a takeover WrestleMania weekend, so I wouldn't be surprised just to see that match happen actually at WrestleMania, uh, this year. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, uh, a report came out last week during the NFL games that, uh, WrestleMania 37 will take place on April 10th and 11th at Raymond James stadium in Tampa. I don't really like the idea of having a two night WrestleMania. Uh, I know a lot of people do like it and that's fine, but for me, it's, it's probably because I don't go. Uh, at least I don't go to WrestleMania every year, so I could see where a seven-, eight-hour show would be exhausting for the people in attendance. But for me, somebody who's sitting on my couch drinking wine and eating pizza while I watch WrestleMania, then uh, I, you know, the longer the better for me. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, but luckily, this year probably will be the last time we have a, a two-night WrestleMania because they also announced that uh, WrestleMania 38 on April 3rd, 2022 in AT&T Stadium in Texas and WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium on April 2nd, 2023 um, in Los Angeles, California. Those, they only listed one date per show, so I don't think those will be two nights and we'll go back to the original WrestleMania format and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It'll be interesting to see if they can fill AT&T Stadium to about a hundred thousand, which is what they did at WrestleMania 32, uh, with the current state of the world. I really, really would like to hope that by April of 2022, we can have, you know, a hundred thousand people in a football stadium again, but, uh, it seems a little unlikely I'm thinking, um, you know, I've heard some numbers for this year. They're going to have fans in the crowd, which is awesome. And I've heard maybe like 25,000 this year. So I'd assume I'd like to think by next year, at least 50,000, maybe even 75,000. But uh, I guess it's really going to have to depend on how the Super Bowl does this year and then how WrestleMania does this year uh, down in Tampa. So we'll have to see. I'm just happy that it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel at WrestleMania. And uh, I can't wait for it to come back to New York or anywhere on the East Coast because I can't wait to get back there in person. Alright guys, uh, we're about to get into the interview with Jose, but I just want to remind everybody, follow me on Twitter, at TLChairsPod, also at BrianChairs7, Uh, we're on Instagram, at TLChairsPod, on YouTube, just search Tables, Lighters, and Chairs, the podcast, I'm trying to grow that YouTube channel, and uh, bring you guys as much uh, video content as possible, Um, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you leave a 5 star review on Apple podcasts, you will be eligible to win a prize. That's right. Going forward, I'm going to be giving away something each week on the podcast. It's not going to be much at first. Hopefully, you know, I can build this brand up as big as possible and I could give away some really awesome prizes, but, uh, right now it's not really going to be too much, but, uh, I appreciate you guys listening and I'm trying to, uh, gain more listeners and give back to the ones who already do, And what a better way to do that than a a good old-fashioned giveaway. Um, For the record, the giveaways are only open to U.S. residents only. Um, That's just because, like I said, uh, it's not going to be much, and I'm not looking to pay uh, massive shipping costs. So, uh, U.S.A. residents only uh, on the giveaways. Um, Speaking of the giveaway, this week on the podcast, I'm going to be giving away some wrestling cards. I uh, three wrestling cards to be exact. I have a Fiend WrestleMania 2020 tops card, a Randy Orton WrestleMania 2020 tops card, and then Alexa Bliss tops 2019 uh, women's card from the women's only pack. know i want to give those away like i said it's not much but it's a little something and um, the way you can win those is if you leave like i said if you leave a five-star review on apple podcasts uh, you'll be eligible to win the prize i'll be picking one person uh, every week Um, so you know listen if you you know listen this week Uh, And you are the winner. I will announce your name next week on the pod. So you will definitely listen for that. And then, you know, I'll DM you and everything to get your uh, information to get those out to you. Uh, Like I said, it's not too much, but um, it's a little something. Wrestling cards are back in right now. And it's a growing market. So it's a pretty cool thing to have. And, uh, you know, just keep listening and there'll be more prizes as the weeks go on. And, you know, now that we got all that out of the way, uh, let's get to my conversation with Jose. Uh, but before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, joining me right now is someone I've wanted on the podcast since the first time I even thought about starting a podcast. He's someone who I've offered wondered why he even still watches wrestling. But he's also somebody who is so passionate about <laughs> his feelings and opinions. And I know that this is going to be a great conversation. It is my honor to sit down with my buddy, Jose Enoa. Jose, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, very excited to be here. Um, you know, uh, as a lifelong wrestling fan, um, I've always wanted to be, do something like this, uh, where I have a, a platform to base my opinion. I base my uh, sometimes negative opinion, but it's because, you know, how passionate I am, you know, how, how much I love wrestling um but here we are thank you for having me and you know it's it's been a pleasure
0: absolutely man this is going to be fun like I just said I've wanted you on the show forever uh whenever we're together whenever we text whenever (laughs) we talk wrestling I'm always laughing because I love when you get going and it's just it's great I'm ready to get into this man
1: can you blame me though I mean come on man
0: (laughs) I can't man it Wrestling these days is tough to watch sometimes, so I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, Let's start at the beginning, though. How did you become a fan of pro wrestling?
1: Well, I became a fan, actually, back home in Dominican Republic. I am originally from Dominican Republic, um, and wrestling back in the day in Dominican Republic was bigger than what baseball is today. So wrestling back then was the thing. And when I tell you, Brian, that uh, kayfabe was alive in Dominican Republic, kayfabe was alive. I, and I mean, these people, we used to watch it like, you know, reg- religiously Saturday nights. Um, the bigger stars over there were Jack Beneno. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jack Beneno. Okay. Um, he, he's the Hulk Hogan of Dominican Republic. Uh, there was another guy named uh, Lightning Hernandez. There was a tag team called Los Broncos like these people were literally heroes and, and, you know, to, to people out there in the country. Yeah. So I got my start when we used to watch it Saturday nights. Um, We thought it was real. I mean, you thought it was real when you first got into wrestling. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, we thought these people were idols, were heroes. Um, and then my aunt tells me one time in 1987, um, for your birthday, we're going to go see this show. You know, uh, Jack Bonino is going to be there and this and that. And she was like, we're wrestling fans. This lady is like, you know, she's crazy about this stuff. That's awesome. So it was her a cousin of mine and my big brother. We went to the arena. Uh, we saw the show. It was in, you know, I was, uh, what, 75, five, six years old. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. The crowd, you know, the energy, the storylines being played out. I can't really remember exactly the matches and things like that. But the one thing, the one takeaway from it was the energy, you know, how people were into it. Like, this was the first time I'd been in an arena with 10,000 people. And when I tell you there were 10,000 people, there were 10,000 people.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) You know what
1: I mean? Um, And then we went out back, tried to meet the wrestlers. You know, there was a crowd around it and a a big crowd around there. Uh, We weren't able to meet them. But um, that's how I got started back then, and then I came to the United States in 1989, um, in the summer of '89, and you know I forgot about wrestling up until a year later, when a cousin of mine tells me I just saw this uh, this event out from wrestling. Wrestling. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember wrestling from the Dominican Republic. There was this guy, this scary guy, that debuted is the it's the. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen his name. They called him The Undertaker. I'm like, oh, The Undertaker. That's the first time I heard of The Undertaker. And they showed, he showed me pictures on a newspaper. I don't remember what it was. He showed me a picture of The Undertaker, like walking down with Brother Love. Yep. And you see this guy, like, like he literally looked like a dead man. Yep. And I said, holy shit, you know. And back then, there was no YouTube. There was no, you know, Internet. It was nothing. You you got what you got from TV. And, you know, we tried to see where, you know, the next time The Undertaker was going to be on TV. We weren't able to see it. Um, And then, you know, I went to uh, what do you call it? Um, That was in 1990. But then in 91, we started getting into, you know, there was no Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Monday Night Raw came up in 1993. Yep. Uh, but we did see like the Saturday night shows, links like that. And we got a glimpse of The Undertaker. By that time, I don't remember if it was 91 or 92, uh, Paul Bear was his manager. Okay, yep. And let me tell you, Brian, when we saw Paul Bear's white, pale face, <laughs> that dark hair, and I said, holy shit, look at this guy. And then you see The Undertaker, yep. you know, walk behind him. It was the scariest thing in my life for a nine, 10 year old kid. You know what I mean? You see sure. Paul Bear talking, you know, the squiggly voice. Oh, Undertaker. You know, my <laughs> Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Things like that. I remember specifically a feud he had with the Berserker, where the Berserker tried to stab him through the ring. It was, you know, it was the greatest thing in the world to me. But at the same time, it was scary. Oh, yeah. And I really started to get into it uh, there. Uh, I remember guys like Mr. Perfect. Brett the H- I was a huge Brett the Hitman Hart fan. Mark, right. I would say Mark.
0: Okay, I, Go we're, gonna ha- Go we're gonna we're have- gonna we're already starting here to start fighting. You say you're a Bret Hart fan, but uh, I was a Shawn Michaels mm-hmm.
1: guy. Yeah, yeah. So you were the Shawn Michaels, I was the Bret Hart. I never liked Shawn Michaels because of his cocky attitude. And you know what he made? Come it on. Work. He he made it work. You know he was he was he was my friend. He was a dick, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he was portrayed as. And then years later, you hear how Shawn Michaels. Uh, in the back was like a cancer in the locker room, yep. and that who he that was who he portrayed uh, in his persona. But um, you know that's why I'm I'm so big on the old school wrestling. You know the Intercontinental title like meant something back then.
0: That's the best uh, guys title. Like
1: Tito, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I, it's when, like us. Go ahead. You know they they call it the working man's title. Yep. You know because you had to work your behind off as the IC champ um, in order to get that title, that WWF title, the ex, the that exclusive uh, winged Eagle belt, which is my favorite of all time, by the way. Same here. Um, I don't know about you. After uh, the winged Eagle uh, is obviously is the attitude I rebelled. And then, you know, that, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. But like uh, you said, but, though, and-
0: you mentioned the Intercontinental title. And like, you're right. Everybody who had that title in like the early mid nineties went on to, become a wwf champion with the exception of a few like i know uh, mr perfect Mm -hmm. was the intercontinental champion he should have got the title he should have been champion
1: oh without question Uh, yeah guys like that um and and it's sad because mr perfect was such an amazing character yep like mr perfect he was one of my favorites you come out you had that music <laughs> oh my god! I get goosebumps just talking about it. The best, um, you know, and then br- the best, yeah. Mister Perfect was fantastic. Uh, once he went over to WCW, it, it just wasn't the same because his no. character was kind of the same. But um, you know what happened when you go to WCW back in the day? And but, believe it or not, I used to like WCW because it was an alternative product, um, you know. But you know when it died. <laughs> and yeah. we're suffering for it now by the way. <laughs> by the exactly. way, 20 you know 21 years later or no, 20 years later, we're still seeing the ill effects of what happened to WCW. Yep. Yep. Um but in any case, you know, I kept continuing to get into wrestling um you know those years. Those were the you know the holy grail years of wrestling, the attitude era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Uh, um by that time you know kayfabe had pretty much it wasn't 100% dead Mm -hmm. but everyone knew everyone was in on it you know what I mean so the same passion for the for wrestling wasn't there I don't know if you felt the same way what do you think
0: I agree I agree you know I, I I'm a little younger than you so like I grew up watching I started watching in 96 and I watched Sean and Brett and transition to the Attitude Era and I still even have some good feelings about like the Ruthless Aggression Era because um, I was still like in high school during that time so like seeing that all play out I still I still hold it close to my heart but uh you know I stopped watching for a time in 2009 uh when on Raw they were doing the uh Anonymous um when like they they had the guest hosts coming in every week I I stopped watching at that point. Oh, yes. uh, Yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible. I stopped watching there for a little while. It was. And I picked back up in probably 2010 around uh, when Shawn Michaels had his last match. And I've been watching, you know, ever since then. But there was a time in 2009 where I was just done. And, you know, I have this podcast now. So I like to watch wrestling. And I kind of have to watch wrestling to continue this podcast. But lately my feelings have been kind of the same as they were in 2009 it's not as good and i credit that to the lack of fans really like the like you said before creative is not the best but it's really the lack of fans it's really hard to watch when Mm -hmm. people are on video screens you know oh yeah oh yeah
1: no absolutely um i had my hiatus from wrestling from i would say 2003 2004 ish i remember correctly up until about 2015. Uh, oh, when wow. our good buddy Mike got me back into it, um, I had a long hiatus. Uh, you know, I used to watch Highlights here and there. There was this guy, CM Punk, oh, skinny little guy. We, I wasn't used to this, you know, like that's, they were calling up an element in You know, CM Punk, who's CM Punk? You know, and John Cena, I, I, when, the John Cena era. That's why you don't hear me mention John Cena that much. Because yeah. when I had my hiatus was when he became a superstar. You Know what I mean? Yeah, he, him, Batista, the whole evolution thing. I was not a you know, uh, a, a, a rest, I would not say a wrestling fan, but I wasn't into wrestling like I was during the early 90s and the attitude era. Yeah, um, you know what I mean? Um, one, because the kayfabe was dead, two, because um, you know, the storylines weren't there. WCW died, you know what I mean? Bret yep. Hart, which I was a huge fan of, you know what they did to Bret Hart, the Montreal school job uh the most in i would say one of the most infamous moments uh, ever you know it's still talked about today 24 years later um some people say it's a work some people say it was real only vince brett and god knows if it really was true yep but anyway you know wcw went completely ruined bret hart um to the point where you know i got really you know i was really not interested anymore um and then you know, I picked it back up in 2015, late 2015, 2016, during the SmackDown Live, you know, which was pretty good. Raw was still decent back then.
0: Yeah, SmackDown Live um, in 2016 is really, really underrated in the history of wrestling. Like, I really enjoyed oh, SmackDown question. after that first draft um, in 2016. Like, they were stacked. They had, they had Cena, they had Orton, but they had Styles, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, Becky right. Lynch was doing her thing, Alexa Bliss. Like, they had, like, these people who – were either legends at the time or or who have turned into something huge since then. It was a really good time in SmackDown.
1: Right, right. Um, you know, uh, and that's, that's really how I got back into it. And then came the Jindal Mahal era. <laughs> oh, my God, with SmackDown. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. We can fill up a whole podcast in... And how you know that Jim DeMolho title run has been going like SmackDown has been on a downward spiral ever since. Now it's back up again. Okay, um, okay, I was, I was you waiting, waiting you know, for that. With you then. No, it's it's gotten a lot a lot better. Um, but ninety percent of that, in my opinion, is Roman Reigns. He's mm-hmm. been like terrific. Yeah. And this is what the fans have wanted all along. They wanted to heal Roman. Yep, um, and we knew he was going to, you know, thrive in that role.
0: Absolutely. You know what I'm afraid of though is when fans get back into the arenas, which is looking like maybe WrestleMania time. Right. The, the fans are going to cheer him, and it's going to just be the complete opposite of what we want. Like we want him to be booed now because he's right. so good at being a heel that they're going to cheer mm-hmm. him. I think, and it's just going to be a never-ending cycle because. I'm a wrestling fan is. and I love wrestling fans, but you got to admit, wrestling fans can be the worst of all, of oh, every sport, of God. every sport there is. Wrestling fans can and most likely are the worst. And I'm one of them, but yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They ruin it. They ruin <laughs> the good stuff for everybody sometimes.
1: No, absolutely. Um, you know, wrestling fans are nitpicky. They like one thing, they don't like another. They complain, they're whiny you know, I, I'll be the first one to admit. Sometimes I whine and bitch and complain. Yep. You know what I mean? If something that we want, they give it to us. You know, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, speaking so, of things, speaking of things exactly. you want, so, speaking of things you want,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know that you have a lot of thoughts about The Fiend. I want to hear those oh, thoughts. Oh, do I
1: ever. Do I ever? <laughs> well, I've I've always been a Bray Wyatt fan. I I've always been a Bray Wyatt fan. I think you know that. Um yep. The guy is great. You know, he's not the you know he's not an AJ Styles in the ring, mm-hmm. but by the same token, not very not very many people are. He's great in the ring, but the guy is a phenomenal promo. You know what I mean? When he won that title back in 2017, uh, right before WrestleMania 33, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You know, I was jumping for joy. He won that title at the Elimination Chamber. Um, The whole story leading up to it was fantastic with the Wyatt family, Randy Orton, you know, Luke Harper, God rest rest his soul, um, was great in that, you know, the build up to it was absolutely fantastic, where Luke Harper was the one who didn't trust Randy Orton, and Bray Wyatt was telling him, no, we can trust him, he's part of the family, and boom, you know, Randy Orton goes and burns down the compound. But since that time, I've been a great Bray Wyatt fan, a huge Bray Wyatt fan. He's good; the character just works. Uh, Even though he was buried by The Rock at WrestleMania thirty-two, but that's another story. Um, (laughs) You know, then he goes away for how many months was it that he went away for? Uh, Like what, four or five months? Something like that. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. So you know, he starts out with this. Mr. Rogers' character at the uh, Firefly Funhouse, you know what I mean? And it just didn't make sense, but they kept you intrigued. They kept you wanting more. Yep. You know, what was going to happen? The rambling rabbit, the freaking, uh, what's it called? That, that bird, you know what I mean? I forgot yep, the yep. name of the bird. Um, and they kept you wanting more and every week I would turn in to Monday Night Raw because it wasn't good. You know, we know that <laughs> just to see the Firefly Funhouse. And, you know, this, that one week I remember like it was yesterday, the big reveal, and something kept you coming back, but I knew something was behind this whole Firefly Funhouse. I, I, I was always telling myself, this is not the Bray Wyatt that this is going to be the final product. This is not going to be it. Yeah. And let me tell you, Brian, when he cut that promo in the firefly, fun house, you know, he said, Look, I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, Let me show you my secret. And the fiend comes out, this mask, this, you know, the, 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 the reveal and the voice and everything. Holy shit, it was, you know, and I think I asked this question on the podcast before um, regarding The Fiend, you know, do you think, uh, you know, WWE has ruined him? The reason is because I remember that first match he had with Finn Balor at SummerSlam. It was essence. awesome. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. You know what I mean? Uh, this, he could have been, you know, I'm not going to tell you the next Undertaker because that's never going to happen. Right. Neither the next John Cena. But he could have been something really special. They they could have used the Fiend to build up the next superstar. You know who's going to be the one to take down the Fiend. You know, but after that first match with Finn Balor, you know he completely squashed Finn Balor. Finn Balor did get a few few licks in, but he pinned him. The lights went out, and then literally the lights went out on the Fiend. Then we had (laughs) the whole Hell in a Cell. You know, the the disqualification in Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins and you know, they could have used the fiend, you know, the potential would have been limitless yeah. on who they could have came, or who they could have brought up to take the fiend down, you know, and then came Goldberg. And I don't even want to talk about that. You had Goldberg's, first of all, you had him, you know, squash the fiend. Then you almost had him kill Bray White. Cause he couldn't even pick him up for the jackhammer. Yep. And now, you know, you had Randy Orton burn him literally to a crisp and this is where he is now. You know what I mean? It, it was, you know, and it's sad because uh, like I said, the buildup to it was so great. Like, yeah. you know what that reminded me of back in 97, Brian, I don't know if you remember when Kane made his debut. Yep. Absolutely. It was, it was building up for months and months, you know. Paul Bear was telling the Undertaker, oh, he's alive, he's alive, and the Undertaker, no, you're lying, and all of a sudden, Bad Blood 97, and this behemoth of a man comes out, you know, I, Kayfabe to me was kind of still alive back then, but we all knew the dirt sheet started, the melters of the world, Yeah, yeah. and he ripped that cage open, and came stood face to face with Undertaker, and this was the first time that I had seen Undertaker actually be intimidated i don't know if, if it was the first time for you
0: yeah it was i i had been watching there for a little over a year year and a half or so and uh mm-hmm. like you said i think the whole storyline started in like may or june and it culminated in early october like that's early october that's yes. great storytelling
1: exactly and, and, here's then, the thing, though. and then it continued
0: it, it almost like it started in may or june culminated in october but then it almost started again because it went through wrestlemania and like, went
1: through WrestleMania. Right? Awesome storytelling. And here's, it was fantastic storytelling. And in my opinion, it's one of the greatest stories that WWE has ever told. Yep. Not only because they were doing the Paul Bear, Undertaker, Kane storyline, but they were doing it in conjunction with Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Undertaker. SummerSlam that year was when Shawn, Mike, Shawn was the guest referee. Yep. He planted Taker with the chair. He had to count, otherwise he was out. And that segued into... Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. And then Kane showing up. Exactly. But, you know, anyway, it's just the the storyline itself, you know, especially since I had that hiatus from wrestling, I had not seen such a buildup for such a character as The Fiend. And that's why I'm so disappointed and sad at the same time, because now there's no way you can bring back The Fiend to what his previous, you know, what he previously was when he came up uh, in 2019. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, so I don't know if you agree. I know you, you I know you and I disagree a lot, but you got to agree with me on that one.
0: I agree that he's hurt and he, they've, they've done a really good job at destroying the character. But mm-hmm. I think where I think they're going, he can be rehabilitated. Um, I've said on the podcast before, I think that we're getting a Firefly Funhouse match at the Royal Rumble with him and Orton. And I think that if he... Destroys Orton in the funhouse, kind of like what he did to Cena. And then you have Orton go away, and obviously he'll come back for mania, I'm sure. But um, mm-hmm. if he can, you know, destroy Orton pretty quickly at the Rumble, he can be rehabilitated only if they continue building him from there. Right. So, right. but I
1: mean, honestly, the, I mean, the damage has been done. Hopefully they can salvage what they have from the character. But honestly, I feel bad for, for the Marks who bought that $5,000 Fiend belt yeah. with his face on it, because <laughs> now it's worth crap. <laughs> but anyway, it's so worth crap now.
0: So do you, with everything going on, the storyline with Orton and uh, Fiend, do you like Alexa Bliss paired with him?
1: Actually, I was just going to tell you that. I, I think the pairing is fantastic. This is the best that I've seen Alexa Bliss. Do yeah. I mean she's not an, an absolutely you know great in-ring worker, mm-hmm. but she's even improved in the ring, and her facial expressions are like freaking yes. spooky. Yes. Like when she looks into this camera like like this, yeah. She's got that evil, evil smirk, and then the hair, the the dark color lipstick, it just works. I hope that out of Bray's demise or The Fiend's demise they can actually do something with Alexa bliss. Uh, cause she's a very talented young lady. You know, I agree. I,
0: mean? I agree. I was never a big fan of hers before this whole thing with the fiend, like she was always there. And, you know, there's a time where she like won the title, like multiple times, like in, in a like in the span of a year. And it was just like too much, but, uh, her pairing with the fiend now is really like reignited her career and I love it. And I'm going to spoil something that I'm going to talk about next week on the pod. But Alexa mm-hmm. is my pick to win the Royal rumble for the women's this year. You think so? I think so. Yeah. I've, I've thought about it. I've got a, a lot okay. of, um, I heard a lot of people say like Bianca Belair is a favorite, but uh, I'm going with Alexa. Right.
1: Right. I, I was, I was, yeah, I, I was leaning that um, in that direction. Um, please do not mention Charlotte Flair. Oh, God, uh, no. I, I don't want to throw it out there in the universe. But let yeah. me tell you something. It's not. <laughs> it's something that Vince, who's, who's stopping him from doing it? You know what I mean? And you I'm know, so what's... enamored with Charlotte Flair. I am so over her. But anyway. <laughs> and
0: and uh, real quick, before we continue, I don't want to talk too much about the Rumble yet. But uh, what really scares me about the whole Charlotte thing is her and Asuka are the women's tag champs. So you mm-hmm. know and Oscar's also the raw women's champ, so you know it looks like it's leading mm-hmm. towards the two of them again at WrestleMania. And if it gets absolutely if it gets there without Charlotte winning the Rumble, I could handle that. But if Charlotte wins the Rumble again for the second year in a row, oh God, I don't wanna see it. Ugh. Anyhow, you know, and
1: let's just not put that out there in the universe, uh, because uh, the world has a tendency to make things happen that you yeah. just throw out there. So I don't really want to go there.
0: Yeah. But in just, any case. Exactly.
1: Uh, um, All right. Yeah, well, Alexa, she's fantastic. Fantastic. Go ahead.
0: No, you're good. I, I like Alexa, too. And I think that she she's definitely doing the best work of her career at this point in time. So. Moving on, though, I have a fan question here, and um, <laughs> I can already see your face. If I'll, I'll leave this in. If you want me to edit this out, let me know, and I could just take it completely out because I know this question is going to piss you off. Um, are you familiar with the Twitter user at Siberian Express?
1: Uh, yeah I know mr uh, mr. Espo very yeah. very good buddy of mine uh, you know uh, so he say, asked, a shout outs to mr Siberian go ahead <laughs>
0: he asked a question he wants to know Jose why are you so negative about the
1: product uh, why am I so negative about the product here's the question' here's the thing why why not I mean since 2017 the product has been abysmal. I mean, it, it's hundred percent factual. You know what I mean? Uh, creative is just, just isn't there. You know, Vince just doesn't care. Uh, me, you, you know, Mike, we've talked about it. Um, you know, he should just concentrate on the making money aspect of the business. Leave the creative to someone else, someone else except Bruce Pritchard, Cause Bruce Pritchard has, he's just a yes man. Um, You know, he's surrounded by yes men who will yes him to death. He won't, you know, they won't challenge him um, to make a better product. And honestly, they don't have to because they're getting a good paycheck. And that's just, you know, not right. And that's why I'm such a big AEW mark. Uh, And I think I told you this before, Brian, AEW is our last hope for WWE to get better. Because when you have competition, it, it pushes you to do better. Uh, obviously, they don't care because uh, AEW has been around for over a year now. It's, you know what I mean? And they still, the product has gotten worse and worse. But now the product, I mean, the creative side of WWE is just horrible. Vince needs to just, you know, retire. Go in, you know, you're 75 years old. Enjoy your millions. What else do you have to prove? You're the greatest promoter in the history of wrestling. No one's going to ever take that away from you. You were, you know, you're one of the greatest wrestling minds that have ever lived. You know, you're going to take that to the grave and no one's probably even going to come close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So just let it go. That's it. I understand it's in his blood. It's it's what he lives for. It's his passion. But, you know, let someone else take over. Let Triple H take. I know Triple H is the guy that, that everybody mentions. You know what I mean? But I recently heard HBK, Shawn Michaels, said, does fan- phenomenal things. with NXT and you can you can tell you can really really tell
0: before
1: they went to USA Network NXT was the best product in the world it really really was it really was um and Triple H had a lot to do with that uh Road Dog had a lot to had a lot to do with that and HBK um uh Prince Albert which uh, Matt Bloom Mm -hmm. you know he's a huge part of NXT I'm not saying Vince should let those guys take over but he should let someone else have more influence on the product. Um, you know, why do you need a team of 30 writers? Yeah. When back in the day, it was three, four people, you know, him, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, even Bruce Pritchard. Sitting at his pool. Now.
0: And they so, were yeah,
1: I heard something. They would. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They sit um, at his
0: pool and book the entire year, mania to mania. And that's it. I, but you know what, Jose? You, you mentioned that, but it's one of those things yes it was very 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 good I loved those times like the 80s and the 90s and everything but was it so good because we're nostalgic about that because it was our childhood or was the creative just that good I I, it's one of those things that we're gonna have to wait until you know 10-15 years when the kids who are watching now are our age and we'd Mm -hmm. have to just talk to them and be like how do you feel about what happened in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 in WWE. Like, I want to know, like, will the kids now have the same feelings that we do about, you know, the early 90s?
1: Actually, I don't think they will. No. Uh, And it's because two things, the nostalgic aspect of it and um, the creative was good. You know, there were some great storylines back then. Yep. Um. They were, there were some horrible ones too don't get me wrong and not yeah. everything during the Attitude Era was roses uh, yeah. there was a lot of crap back then too um, but there were characters and you really got invested in these characters and now apart from that the creative isn't that good yep. this pandemic just killed it to the yep. point where we just like oh my god no crowds I remember those first uh, WWE shows with no fans no wrestlers ringside I remember for two weeks, I believe they had, they were at the PC, and you saw the cam, the hard camera was pointing at the actual empty seats, and you can hear the groans and the grunts from the wrestlers. Oh my God, it, it's just bad. And as you know, Brian, wrestling, it's more than any other form of entertainment, is a fan-driven sport. Yep. You know, baseball. You know baseball Derek Jeter is Derek Jeter he does his talking on the field or did his talking on the field you know what I mean yep. um Mike Trout you know the guy is, a, is the machine uh, but he pre-makes you know his money with his ability to entertain yeah um I mean not entertain but with his with his skills with his yeah I get skills. what you mean But he's, he's gonna
0: make his money and he's gonna have people invested as long as he hits home runs nobody's gonna care if there's right. people in the crowd or not like he's going to exactly. do well as long as he can hit a fastball out of the park he's going to have people invested in him
1: absolutely and then you have wrestlers i'll give you a perfect example enzo amore enzo amore was a horrible ring ring performer with the guy it was over yep. with the crowd you know what i mean when that that guitar hit everybody went and he did his whole oh, I'm Enzo amore. you know it it's crowd driven and you, you know, it, it just can't go past beyond this year. I'm so happy that they mentioned mania 37 was going to have, uh, about 25,000 fans in it. Something like that. Yep. Um, for two nights, because, you know, we need to get back to normal. Otherwise the wrestling business is, I mean, it's not going to die, but what's left of it. It's not going to be good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned AEW. In my
1: humble opinion. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you mentioned AEW. Um, AEW is the best. AEW is so good. Um, every week, they just put on a good to great wrestling show that I'm fully invested mm-hmm. in. Um, when they debuted uh, in 2019 uh, against NXT, I was very much an NXT fan, but that's completely changed. Uh, this past Wednesday, mm-hmm. This past Wednesday, I didn't even turn NXT on one time even when AEW would go to commercial I just left it there and I like you know I would get up to get a drink or go to the bathroom or just like take care yeah. of stuff around the house like and then when AEW would come back I'd watch it obviously I'd follow NXT on Twitter and stuff but I am just AEW, or, sorry NXT has gotten so hard to watch lately and I think it's like we've talked about it. I think it's part of the pandemic because they do have people in the Absolutely. crowd but it's not as good and I, I don't know. I just, it's also AEW is just so good that I, I don't even care what's going on on NXT. And right. it's not, it's not the, it's not the fault of the talent because I, I like Johnny Gargano. I like Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Damian Priest. Um, I, 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 Adam Cole. I, Adam Cole. Yeah. Undisputed Arab. I, I can't even think of anybody else because like, that's how little I'm watching NXT these days. Yeah. Uh, I know they have Karrion Cross he's got he's a really great by the way uh, he's got a really he's good he's got a really cool entrance but i just can't get into the character and i mean full disclosure i never even really heard of the guy before he came to nxt i've never once well, watched
1: big big in the indies yeah killer cross they had yeah. to change his name because of the killer part yeah you gotta keep it pg <laughs> yeah absolutely but, but um no I, and and I, that's why I, that's why it upsets me not upset the aw haters that you know they just can't appreciate what these guys are trying to do all right i i get it you know probably you know a, a group of friends who got this billionaire named Khan to fund their project but it's an alternative yeah you know what I mean? And a good um, alternative. It's an alternative. And and they would like a very good alternative. And that's why it pisses me off when you got these people who want AEW to fail. But look at what WWE's given us. You know what I mean? Why would you want, you know, WWE to fail? I'm sorry, AEW to fail if WWE giving you crap. You yeah. Know, I could understand if WWE was, you know, drawing a 6.0 rating. Yeah. They were giving us phenomenal storylines. They were bringing up a whole bunch of new talent. But you just for spite you don't like these guys and you know that's what it upsets me but in any case you know let's just enjoy the ride that's what we got to do.
0: absolutely uh aew this past wednesday they had the inner circle feud going on um i know we were texting a little bit about it mm-hmm. where do you think that goes like it, they kind of ran out of time at the end of dynamite the other night yeah and i did it, see that it kind of sucked it kind of made it fall flat with uh, mjf pinning sammy but uh I, I think it's all leading to the inner circle turning on Jericho.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I absolutely do think so. Um, you know, Jericho has not had a baby face run in AEW, um, especially now with the whole Judas thing. Judas is number one song. Everybody's singing it. Yep. Um, and the, but honestly, sometimes I just can't wait. Like I'll turn AEW on and I'll watch it and I like it a lot but I'm just waiting for that Jericho match. Yeah. I want to see that Judas entrance. Yep, me too. You know what I mean? Um, and we were texting last night. We were even mentioning, like, it, it just doesn't make sense. MJF, inner circle. Mm-hmm. But like you said, at the end of the day, I do think the inner circle turns on him, uh, but they have to stay relevant because mm-hmm. who, who's making the, uh, the inner circle relevant is Jericho. And I think MJF would be that guy. So I agree. And MJF and... You know chris jericho can start feuding but feuding for real you know what i mean and when those two get in the ring and start cutting promos man you know you drop everything because it's funny as hell yeah um and, and mj is just mjf is just a natural on the mic uh that's my opinion Um, But that's where I think it's leading. I think it's going to lead to the inner circle turning on Jericho, uh, Mm -hmm. MJF taking over and then, you know, Jericho going on his babyface run. Hopefully he gets the title one more time before he retires because he was he was freaking fantastic with that title. Um, You know, we can all drink some bubbly. There you go. (laughs) That's it, man. That's it. (laughs) By the way, I never got my bottle of the bubbly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey i i got it here i got it one day oh, when the world well, opens man. up again we're gonna drink some bubbly together so no question <laughs> yes absolutely so talking about inner circle another big part of aew is uh john moxley and i'll admit when he was dean ambrose in wwe i could give two mm-hmm. shits less about him now 2021 right, yeah he is can't miss TV. I, I don't know, man. Like he, he flipped yeah. the switch. How did, do you feel the same way or? Yeah,
1: I think he did. Uh, I'm not going to tell you, I was not a fan of Dean Ambrose. I do remember his title run uh, when he cashed in on Roll and Rollins with it. Yeah. He cashed in on Rollins.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Um, and it wasn't the greatest of title runs, but you know, I kind of like this character but it's like you said, it wasn't what it is. A, he's not what he, he wasn't what he is today. No, right. He's legit a star. You know, he's what, I'm not going to tell you, he's what makes AEW relevant, but he is a big part of their success. Um, when he made that debut, debut last year, last year, no, the year before.
0: 2019. Um, yeah. He
1: ran through the crowd and, and, you know, there were rumors of it uh, because of that video he played the night of, that he left WWE. Um, but when you see it live, like not live, but when when I saw the actual pay per view all out, I was like, "Holy shit!" I said, Is that that's Dean Ambrose? Yep. And then you hear uh, Jr. John Moxley yelling, and then he starts beating everybody up. He gives um, Chris Jericho the par- paradigm shift. Yep. He starts beating down Omega in the crowd. It made you feel like he's the guy. He's legit. You yep. know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, he takes the title from Jericho. Uh, it sucks though that he his title run was in the middle of the pandemic because yeah. it, it just didn't feel feel the same way. Like with Drew, Drew McIntyre, we we you know he's the WWE champion, but we just you know we just don't feel it. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know if you get me. No, you I get know, it. Not, I mean, I've said know. it
0: on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that like Drew and Moxley, like I feel bad for him because like they're both have been. They're on the top of the mountain in their respective companies. Moxley, a little more than Drew, but even Drew to an extent, are doing the best work of their entire career. And yeah. nobody cares. Nobody's there to see it. And it just feels like, it just feels like there's an asterisk next to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much so that you. I wouldn't mind, you know, <clears throat> maybe 2022, 2023, when the world seems to be back to normal. I would give Drew another shot at the top there with arenas full of fans, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, he deserved that. Yeah. Because um, he's a great athlete. Um, he's got the look, obviously. Yep. Um, he can wrestle his behind off. Uh, I do not want to even fandom what might happen January 31st at the Rumble. I don't want to throw it out there. You you know who he's wrestling. You know he, he who he might lose to. But yeah. I don't want to throw it out there. And if that happens, I am going to be so upset um because you know you hear the rumors you know what vince wants he wants that spear versus spear universe again
0: (laughs) absolutely well you said it you you hinted at it um it reminded me of one of my rapid fire questions that i have for you so let's get into it right now i got about like uh, seven or eight rapid fire questions right now that i'm going to throw by you um Just first thing that comes to your mind when I ask the question. Let me know what it is, all right? Go for it. All right. Uh, Favorite wrestler as a kid?
1: Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: Favorite wrestler
1: now? Uh, I'm going to say Roman Reigns. Okay. Favorite pay-per-view? WrestleMania 10.
0: Okay. The 2021 Men's Royal Rumble
1: prediction winner. I want to say Big E, but I don't think they're going to go that route. Uh, but I'm going to, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm up in the air with that one. What do you think? You give me your answer. I'll take yours as mine. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan? Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'll go with Daniel Bryan. Okay. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with Daniel Bryan. I forgot about that one. Sometimes yeah. I'll tune in. Sometimes I won't. Yeah, I'll say Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't think they're going to go with Big E, actually. You know, I, I'll take that one back. Okay.
0: I, I actually thought Big E going up, going into the year, but then when he won the Intercontinental title, I figured it's over for him for now. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Uh. 2021 Women's Royal Rumble prediction.
1: Um. I'm going to go with Bianca Belair.
0: Okay. Now, here's the question that I think is going to get you going, Mm -hmm. and you have to give me an answer. Go for it. Who would you rather see win the WWE or Universal title in 2021, Goldberg or Vince McMahon? (laughs)
1: Like, Are you serious? You know what? Vince McMahon I'd rather see Vince McMahon <laughs> win the WWE or Universal title than freaking Goldberg Goldberg needs to go away like oh my god he's like all right your time is up dude you were you know you were great back in you know 97 98 the streak and and you know he was one of like one of my favorite moments was when he took that belt from Hogan mm-hmm. on, on, on Nitro the pop of the crowd and 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 it was freaking great. I still go back and see that sometimes, just for old time's sake. Uh, but it, it, it's done. You know, come on. You need to retire. You know, he he buried KO. Do you remember when KO was the yep. Universal Champion? Yep. Has he recovered from that? Never. He hasn't been the same. You know what I mean? Me and Mike have, have spoken about this also. You know, KO hasn't been the same. He comes back. um, you know, he takes the title from uh, KO. You know, he gets squashed at Mania. Not squashed, but he lost the title to Lesnar. Then we have that one, you know, one-year reign with Lesnar. Uh, you know, everything associated with Goldberg now is just bad. He beat The Fiend. He almost crippled him. The Saudi Arabia match with The Undertaker, I don't even want to talk about that. He almost killed The Undertaker. You know what I mean? Um, you might be able to pick up Adam Cole or or, or Daniel Bryan for the Jackhammer. Not a 320 pound guy. Not going to happen. You're know, not he's, at 55 years old.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think he's going to have trouble at the Rumble picking up McIntyre because McIntyre is a big boy too.
1: Yeah, yeah. McIntyre is close to 300, if not at three. It's got to be like 280, 290, right? Something like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. going to be interesting. I honestly, this is my hope. This is my prediction. I hope that the bell rings. Goldberg goes for the spear right into a Claymore. One, two, three. That's two, it. Two, three.
1: That's it done. Uh, until next year. And the, here's the problem. He still has like three matches left Yeah. on his contract. So next year we're going to see him wrestle twice. And out of those three matches, I know for a fact, there's going to be a title run. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's yep. going to be a title run. It, it's all a matter of who's going to be in his way for him to take down. And that's what sucks.
0: Yeah. You know, definitely. so, you know, I wouldn't mind, I, I would mind because I don't like Goldberg, but like when he came back for SummerSlam, um, in 2019 and he faced Ziggler that was good Mm -hmm. because that was the best of Goldberg it wasn't long it showcased what he could do and he was in there with like you were saying before somebody he could actually pick up so yeah you know he comes in the spear on Ziggler the jackhammer everybody goes home happy cheering for Goldberg that's great and all but when you have him in here for a title or against guys that his 55 year old body can't pick up anymore it just makes for a really crappy product
1: let me tell you something, that spear he hit on Ziggler, he broke him in half. There and how great of a seller he is, but oh man, he speared him. I said, holy shit, is he okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's because of who Ziggler is. And this, and like you said, the combination works. Yeah. It's like Lesnar. Lesnar works better with small guys. He has had phenomenal matches with AJ Styles, Finn Balor, uh, Daniel O'Brien. You know what I mean? He works better with smaller guys. And these are the type of guys that they need to start pairing Goldberg up with uh, until we, you know, get, you know, relieved of this thing that Vince has for him. I agree. I agree.
0: All right, guys, it's time for the weekly top 10 list. Every week, I'll ask my guests to give a top 10 list designed and catered specifically to them. This week, we've got hit Jose Inoa. Now, Jose, you're going to give us your top 10 list of the worst wrestling storylines or moments of all time. All day, mm. every Yes, all <laughs> day, every day. You and our friend Mike give me shit about my thoughts and opinions on wrestling, and you rag on me for watching today's product. It's time for the world to hear your negative thoughts. You ready, buddy?
1: <laughs> Go for it. Hit me, hit me. All right,
0: so we're going to do this probably a little different than just running down 10, but we're just going to go back and forth on uh, what we think and give a little uh, commentary on each one, all right?
1: All right, go for it. You want me to start or you'll start?
0: You're the guest. You go first.
1: All right, so I have one here. Uh, The Boss Man and Big Show Funeral Angle from the Attitude Era. You remember that?
0: I do remember that. And uh, at the time as a kid, I thought it was probably <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Like I was like, huh, oh, this is weird, but whatever. But looking back on it, it was horrible. It was mm-hmm. so it's so distasteful.
1: It was. It was so bad. Exactly. Thing. You know, uh, uh, and here's the thing. I don't know if Big Show's father had actually passed away. I'm not sure either. Months before. I got to look that up because I I heard something that Big Show's father, I know he's passed on now, God God, God rest his soul. But the show, the whole visual of, you know, boss man driving away, dragging this casket, and then Big Show jumping on the casket and rolling away. Oh, just bad stuff. Yep. yep. You go, Brian.
0: All right. I got the whole Rusev, Lana, and Lashley storyline from a few years ago.
1: Yeah, that was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, was that last year or was it 2019?
0: I want to say it was the very end what of 2019 a... into the very beginning of 2020.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, th- that was just bad. And also tasteless. I, they, you know, they knew Rusev when I was on his way out. Um, the guy was very vocal online and yeah. complaining and things like that. Um, you know, but come on, to have the guy's wife make out with Bobby Lashley as, on the stage, the whole wedding, you know, he pops out of the cake. Uh, it was just bad. But here's the problem though, then, they, then he debuts as Miro and he goes into another wedding storyline Yeah. <laughs> <with> Kipsapien. <Kip-Sapy. laughs> so he's had his shares of wedding, wedding angles that aren't too good. I don't know where they're going with Miro, but they need to keep get him away from Penelope Ford and, and, and Kit Sapien, Uh, because it's just not good. But, yeah, that's a pretty brutal one, too. Yeah. What do you got? All right. Uh, I'm going to go. You went, more, you went more modern. I'm going to go modern also. Bailey, this is your life segment on Raw. Oh, my God. You tell me your thoughts on that one.
0: Honestly, I've tried to block it out of my mind so I don't have too much recollection of it. I just know <laughs> it, 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 it they tried to recreate the magic that was The Rock and Mcfoley from 20 years beforehand and yeah it, yeah, it didn't even come it didn't even come halfway close to the magic that <laughs> was. This was just oh god, it, it was bad. It was it, it was, was real bad.
1: It was it was horrible. Uh, it was lame. It was oh my god, Bailey's boy, old ex-boyfriend or something like that. I, I, oh, it was just bad at the time. You know what? Let's move on, Brian. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that crap. <laughs> all right. All right. I got a few good ones coming up, too.
0: Okay. Me, too. So I'll go with the anonymous raw general manager.
1: Oh, that was during my hiatus. I'm going to have to let you talk on that one.
0: All right. So they built it up every you know, every week, Michael Cole would get up on the podium and say, may I have your attention, please? I just received yeah, an email. Yeah, that, that,
1: that part, I, you know, he's so freaking annoying. Yeah,
0: every <laughs> week, and it just got to the point where you were just sick of Michael Cole, and we could even talk about, hell, I'm going to do it. I'm calling an audible. I got the anonymous M and Michael Cole's heel run all in one, all in one. As, oh, yeah. As just a brutal time, a brutal moment in wrestling. Cole would get up there and you know, he'd say what he'd say and the crowd hated him. And then they built it up. Who's the GM? Who's the anonymous GM? I, I, I can't even remember exactly how long they built it up, but it had to have been for months. And mm-hmm. then it turned out to be yeah. Hornswoggle.
1: Hornswoggle. Now, <laughs> Vince McMahon's illegitimate, illegitimate <laughs> son, right? Was yes, there?
0: yes, absolutely. I, it's funny because oh, like, was I, I like Hornswoggle, especially in recent years. He does a lot of stuff that I'm like, really interested in now he's like a big uh, action figure guy and everything so like the man behind Hornswoggle I really like and respect and even he had his place Mm -hmm. in WWE like he was great as Little Bastard with Finlay and everything but when they started to take everything every storyline that they had a loose end to and they tried to make it Hornswoggle it just got to be too much
1: yeah yeah oh yeah I mean I saw I've seen highlights of it Uh, It's just bad. And then the whole reveal with horns, uh, it's just bad. And then to top it off, I'm not the biggest Michael Cole fan. Yeah. Um, I think he's horrible. Uh, He's their head of, of, uh, is it uh, um, announcing? You know, he trains the guys up, but you know, I'm just not a fan of Michael Cole at all. Like, you know, he's a stooge. I know Mike hates the way he says WWE. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says the whole, uh, it's boss time! Oh my god! And then the big um, dog. The big dog. I'm like, dude, can you just shut up? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's it's freaking annoying. But anyway, I'll give you one. Uh, my, uh, you know what? I'll go around that same time. And this is a pretty brutal one because it was um, it was actually legit. Uh, this one, TNA. In TNA, uh, Sting versus Jeff Hardy, when Jeff Hardy came out to the ring drunk and high out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one, uh, Brian?
0: Honestly, when you say that, it just makes me sad. When I was like a, in high school and middle school, I was a huge Jeff Hardy, Hardy boy fan. Um, so much so that at one point in time, I dyed my hair like platinum blonde just to just to look like Jeff Hardy. And <laughs> <laughs> so to see the troubles, I need that, to see a picture. I, I'll find one for you. I'll find one uh, to see the troubles that he's gone through You know, <laughs> over the years. It's 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 sad. And it seems that his life's back on track now, which is really good to hear. But yeah, when that happens. Absolutely. God bless him. Yeah. When that happened in TNA, like it was just, it was horrible. Like it was, that's why it's on the list, right? Because it was horrible.
1: Yeah, it was. It's a bad, horrible moment. You know, it, it was a shoot, also you can say. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just bad. You know what I mean? I mean, you saw Sting. Um, you saw the the, the actual moment itself. Um, you know, Bischoff goes into the ring. Nobody knew what was going on. Uh, I didn't see it live, but I knew what was happening because people had told me. Yeah. Excuse me. And then, you know, uh, Bischoff tells Sting something. You know he's telling him, listen, he's drunk or he's high. He tells Jeff Hardy something. I guess what he told Sting was, listen, you got to get him out. You got to get him out of here. You, yeah. know, you saw the ref with the X sign. You knew something was wrong, but you didn't know what was wrong because you're watching on the TV screen. Uh, I guess the ref, as soon as Hardy walked in, he threw up the x sign yeah so he must have smelled the alcohol on him or, or i don't know how he found out um or someone from the back uh, key queued him on the mic on the earpiece they should have um, never let him go out there. there yeah yeah I, I don't know whose idea was it to let him go out there uh but then sting was pissed yeah. off like you know he's walking back and someone in the crowd yells this is bullshit and he goes yeah i agree yeah. Um, it was just bad. It really, really was bad. And it was the beginning of, of like a really, really bad spell in Jeff Hardy's life. Uh, but like you said, he he's got it all together now, hopefully. Um, cause up until about two years ago, you know, he got arrested and, and it was just bad, but you know, let's pray he continues on that path. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: you know, cause he's got a, he's got a family. That's what yep. it's all about. You know what I mean? Forget wrestling at the end of the day. Um, you know, real life is out there. You got a family, and that's what it's all about.
0: Absolutely, man, I agree. Speaking of having a family, this next one that I have is just really bad. I feel so bad for the guy. Um, they've done a lot of things over the years to Jr. Jim Ross, but this one uh, mm-hmm. take this one takes the cake. Um, I don't know if you remember. I want to say it was a uh, two thousand five. Uh, Jr. had colon surgery, and. The next day on Mm -mm. Raw, they did a segment called Dr. Heine, where Vince was a doctor and he was pulling um, random stuff out of a fake JR's ass. Um, They included uh, maybe like a hammer, a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it all culminated in JR's own head coming out of his ass and for somebody who... JR's done oh so my much. God. Yeah. JR's done so much for WWE. And it was just awful to see that. And I feel so bad for the guy.
1: Yeah. It was tasteless. It was bad. I didn't see it live. Uh, but I did see the, the, the video of it. it. It was just bad. And it wasn't even and, funny. Uh, it's like you say. Uh, it wasn't funny at all. Exactly. It just wasn't funny. You're, sit, you're sitting there and um, you know, especially with what Jr. Because people hear Jr.'s voice, and he's the voice of the attitude era. Him and Jerry, Jerry the King Roller. Um, people hear Jr. and oh, Jr. the announcer. But Jr. behind the scenes was so much bigger and so influential in what we're seeing today. Even you yeah. know, if it wasn't for Jr., there would be no rock. Right. You know, rock is the biggest movie star on the planet. You know, he discovered uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know what I mean? Not discovered him because his father was a wrestler. He, he was going to get his shot, but he was the one, you know, you hear the, the the story about the seven bucks in his pocket. Yep. You know what I mean? Jr. took him out for coffee or lunch, was it? And, you know, The Rock was embarrassed because he only had seven dollars in his pocket. Uh, if it wasn't for Jr., we wouldn't see The Rock. You know, and that's the first one that comes out to uh, the, the top of my head. Uh, he's been so influential in the business. Um, obviously, he's not the JR who, you know, who who was before. Like, he's not the same person, the same announcer. The voice is not there. Luckily, lucky we have AJ, your friend. He can still do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, last week, I popped. I really popped when he did that intro with JR. Really good stuff. <laughs> he's awesome, Let him know man. That was, the, that was, yeah, he really is. Uh, let them know that was the highlight of the podcast
0: <laughs> thank you I, I will let them know for sure absolutely let's uh let's all each right, give so, one more here and then we'll just rapid fire some other ones that we have but let's go in depth on one more each and then uh we'll take it home right. with some rapid fire
1: all right so I have here the finger poke of doom in WCW uh I'm sure this was in ninety nine, two thousand no two thousand. Okay. Two thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Uh when Nash W N W O Red on WO Black Nash came out, he was the champ, and the rest is history. Did you see it live, Brian? Did you I, you know?
0: I did not. Um, full disclosure, I never watched WCW. Um, I obviously okay. I knew what it was and everything, but like I never flip channels with the Monday Night Wars. I was always a WWF mm-hmm. kid, um, and, and honestly, I used to flip
1: channels. Okay,
0: yeah, I, and, used
1: to, I used to flip channels. Yes,
0: yeah, and since since then, I um, you know I've seen the clip of it, but I've never seen the whole thing in its entirety with entrances and all that. I've literally just seen mm-hmm. the finger poke of doom. So, and and yeah, it was no, bad. I,
1: it was bad. It was horrible. I've seen the whole thing. You know, the build up. It was just like okay. Hogan versus Nash, the NWO red, NWO black. Um, And then here's the thing though, the finger poke of doom, like the finger poke itself was bad enough, but what that, you know, the the downward spiral of WCW from that moment on, I think they were done a year later, you know, everything there. And then you had another moment, uh, (laughs) David Arquette becoming WCW champ.
0: Oh uh, god.
1: And it, it, you know, that was actually one of mine uh one of my like one of my top 10 worst moments also. Like WCW what the hell are you thinking? You're going to give yeah. David Arquette, he's a bad actor to begin with and <laughs> then you're going to give this freaking guy your top, the big gold belt as iconic as that belt is. It's yeah. so iconic that Vince actually brought it to WWE, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. But anyway, uh, it, it was just bad. The finger poke of doom, WCW, you know, with uh, David Arquette being champ, it, it downward spiral. And, you know, it was, it, it's a sad moment because of like, again, like I said, once again, uh, look at what happened to WWE once WCW went down, yeah. you know, they had a monopoly in the wrestling business. And yep. this is what we're getting today because of that.
0: Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, my last one here, um, The Katie Vick angle from the fall of 2002. Uh, Triple H and Kane. Yeah. Yeah, they were feuding at the time. Yeah, go for it. Kane and uh, Triple H were feuding at the time. And they, you know, Triple H essentially accused Kane of having sex with a dead body. (laughs) And Uh. Jose, if you think that's bad enough, they actually filmed a promo where... Triple H put on a cane mask and climbed into a casket with a mannequin and yeah, simulated. I did, sex. I did
1: see that. Oh my God. Yeah, that, that's that's horrible, horrible stuff.
0: Uh, and again,
1: this was during during the good years back yeah. in 2 It was still a good time. Yep. And this is what this is an example of, you know, there were some crap back then also. You know, there was some there's a lot of good shit. The Zamboni, you know what I mean? The mankind title win. Yeah. On Raw, you know, uh, that's going to put butts in the seats. There were a lot of those (laughs) moments. But then again, you had garbage like this. I don't know if you remember when Goldust and Luna Vachon were an item. Do you remember that angle? Yes, I do. Ah, it's bad, bad, bad stuff. What about May Young giving birth to a hand? Ah, May Young giving, giving birth to a hand. But let me tell you something. That whole angle, it was funny as hell. Because, it was. you know, Mark, Mark Henry was great. I love Mark Henry. Yes. You know, and then <laughs> he's the sexual chocolate and, you know, he's this sexy man. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, 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 you know, sleeping with Mae Young, you know, and the whole reveal, I remember laughing my ass off, right? Let me tell you when he's, you know, someone's they're in that bed and yep. then he's telling the, you know, the camera, oh, you know, that was so great. And then you've you have the reveal with Mae Young smoking that cigar. I laughed my ass off. But that whole hand thing, well, it was just bad. It was just, just bad. bad. Just bad. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Brian. Okay. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you uh, to finish this off. All right, Here's,
0: let's hear it. Um, what are you,
1: What are your thoughts on the NXT talent, quote unquote, going up to the main roster and what happens to them? Uh, tell me your thoughts. Uh, I know they're not good. Some (laughs) are, some aren't, but let me know what you think on NXT talent uh, going, I'd say going down to the main roster. (laughs) Going down to the main roster. Uh, All right. So
0: it's not good. Uh, There's not a good, there's not a good track record with uh, successful people coming up from NXT to the main roster. Um, first off people I think of Are Shinsuke Nakamura He had oh. He was brought up He won the Royal Rumble And then he hasn't He literally hasn't done anything Since January 2018 to January 2021 um, So I would not say that was a successful call Nothing Nothing uh, Bobby Roode um, No Nothing Again he's oh. a, He's tag
1: champion. Matt now. Riddle M- Matt yeah. Riddle Yep Matt Riddle uh, yeah, but if you look at who he was in NXT, you know, Bobby Roode was legit, you know, he was a legit heel. He would come out with the suits, he would poke fun at guys like Roderick Strong and yeah. things like that. You that's know, what I'm saying. This guy's wife, you know, he was a phenomenal heel.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like these guys, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke, Matt Riddle, they were huge stars in NXT, and then they come up to WWE Raw or SmackDown, and it's just not, it's not what it was. And, um, you know, that's why probably you hear like guys like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano say that they want to stay in NXT forever because they probably see what happens to these guys when they get yeah. called up. Yeah. yeah, what about you? What, yep. do, you, what do you think? I
1: mean, look at Aleister Black.
0: Yeah, oh my oh,
1: God. Aleister Black, the guy, you know, the guy in NXT was phenomenal. This freaking guy with this entrance yeah. and this aura about himself didn't need to cut a promo. They had him paired at that final angle with Nikki Cross, another one who came up and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep. um, EC3, need I say more? Yeah. Uh, the Viking Experience, you know, AOP. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you had guys, for example, who came up, like Enzo and Cass, who were over, like, you know, legit over, but they didn't do anything with them. You know what yeah. I mean? WrestleMania 33, if, you know, the You know what saved my opinion from being even worse was that in WrestleMania 33 the Hardy's came out and they saved the moment, they saved Mm -hmm. the day. You know what I mean? I agree. Um that's just even Rusev, you know, he's he was an NXT. He was Alexander Rusev. Yep. Um, you what is that the name of that tag team? Uh, Um you know, then they pair Rusev and and Aiden English, and nothing happens. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's just it's just sad. I, I don't know, you know, what it is. You know Nakamura. I had forgotten about Nakamura. Ricochet. You know Matt Riddle. He's not doing anything. You know they're calling him Riddle. What do you think is gonna happen when Adam Cole comes up? You know they're gonna have an angle when he's the he's the illegitimate son of Michael Cole. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, shit. I can only picture, you know, it's like that. And you hear these rumors about Vince that he doesn't watch NXT. And I I wholeheartedly 100% agree. He does not watch the NXT we used to love. Yeah. I remember we were regulars at NXT shows, me and Michael. um, We went to two takeovers in a row, then we went to SummerSlam. Um, I think that was the first SummerSlam that I met you in 2018. I know you went with Michelle, if I don't remember. I can't remember exactly.
0: Uh, SummerSlam. I, I either met you at SummerSlam or I met you, I think, at an NXT show at the Civic Center.
1: Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I, that I remember. Uh, and then I remember we went back for a show that the, they completely changed the card. You remember that show? And yes. you got your money back? I did get my money <laughs> we back. Didn't... I but walked out. Me and Mike, you walked out, did you?
0: Dude, and like halfway through, I... I I left. I was like, you know what? I got to get up early tomorrow for work. And there's literally nobody here. Like, I remember they had that commercial back like three, four months beforehand. And it was Roman, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Another another guy, Finn Balor. Oh, Finn Balor. Jesus Christ. He was so over in NXT. Comes up to the main roster. They do nothing with him. So much so
1: that he wants to go back to NXT. And he's the champ now. Look at that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, that show
1: was bad. Yeah, me and my we, the only reason why me and Mike didn't walk out was because we literally had front row seats. We yeah. were there. We were, I remember yelling at Zelina Vega, uh, Zelina, you're pretty" or something. And she just completely ignored me, like an <laughs> asshole that I was. <laughs> at least <laughs> you, yelling, you, you should be shot. Hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried, but, you know, um, but it, it was, it was a bad show, but, you know, the only really reason we didn't walk out was because we had front row tickets. Um, I said, you know what, we're here. We might as well enjoy it. You know, you never know what, what, who comes out next. Yeah. Well, I'm um, so- it, it,
0: sorry to say that you lost about a hundred dollars that day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I could have done a hundred dollars, something else. I could have bought figures. If
0: I yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Jose, this has been awesome. This has really been a lot of fun. Thank you so much Agreed. for doing this. I'm so glad you did this. No, my
1: pleasure. My and pleasure, man.
0: We've got to, I got to have you back on as soon as possible. Uh, we got to do a whole show about all the things that you said you didn't want to talk about.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Goldberg, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, Oldberg and, and people like that. Charlotte Flair. Uh, we can come up with a whole nother show of things that I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to throw into the universe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's going to be called things. I don't want to throw
1: into the universe. Absolutely. No, but thank you for having me, Brian. It's been a pleasure. I had a lot of fun um, and looking forward wholeheartedly to doing this again. Hopefully we can do a a three-way session, hopefully with some of our other friends with Siberian, maybe even Gardner, you know, they're more than welcome to come and complain because that's all they do.
0: Oh my god! Absolutely, I'm telling
1: you, man. When
0: when when it's safe for me to come back out and uh, be be with you guys again, uh, we're doing a in person uh, a round table where we just sit down, have a few beers, and just talk wrestling. And it's going to be awesome. And I really can't wait for that day. And I hope it's as soon as possible.
1: Absolutely, I'll have my wife cook. How's that?
0: Oh, uh, even better. <laughs> it just became even better. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Any uh, social media accounts or anything like that?
1: No, just Instagram Jose underscore Noah one. That's my Instagram. Not you know, I'm not huge on Instagram or Facebook. Jose and Noah, but no, like I said, it's been a pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having me and all of the success. um, You know, I I wish you all the the best in the world. Like I said, I think I told you before, uh, you had the courage to do it. Don't listen to the haters. Just go out there, do it. Um, you're going to hear good stuff you're going to hear 90% of it is going to be bad. Just yep. brush it off, you know, let it go and keep it moving. You know what? Cause at the end of the day, it's like that movie. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, A Bronx. Tale. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, they're in your life now, but they're not, they won't be there tomorrow. You know what yeah. I mean? They don't pay your bills and that's it. All right.
0: Hey man, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you again for doing this. And uh, we're definitely doing this again one day.
1: All right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, man.
0: Thanks again, Jose. Uh, It was a great conversation with you, and I'm really looking forward to having you back on the podcast uh, as soon as possible. We definitely got to talk about all the things that you said that you didn't want to talk about. Uh, You didn't want me to get you started on those, but we definitely got to have a good in-depth conversation about your dislikes for Charlotte and Goldberg and all these other things that you said you were not uh, interested in. Um, so, yeah, we we definitely have to do that one day. And uh, thanks again for coming on the pod, buddy. It was awesome, and I can't wait to have you back. Uh, guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at TLChairsPod and at BrianChairs7. On Instagram, at TLChairsPod. You can find us on YouTube. Just search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Uh, like I said earlier, we're trying to grow that channel and uh, get as much video content up there as possible for you guys. Uh, every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I am on Twitter uh, at the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs uh, Twitter account, um, live tweeting wrestling. Uh, so if you want to hear my opinions or read my opinions as wrestling's going on, as it's happening, follow that account and uh, you could uh, interact down there with me. I'm looking forward to it I, you know, retweet, uh, get the word out there for the podcast. So anytime you guys are able to help me out with that, I really do appreciate it. Uh, review, subscribe, we're available wherever you get your podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get them. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're giving away those Fiend, Alexa Bliss, and Randy Orton cards. One winner, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, make sure you get those uh, ratings in there and you could be eligible to win the prize pack of these cards. I will announce the
1: winner next week. Uh, Until then, guys, we'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening.